Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Juliette Sarley and with me today is Andrew Gagan. Yeah, Juliette, great to be with you. Uh, first time in the new year. Of course, uh, we're just watching the market gyrations at the moment. Aren't we? We're up, we're down, um, and we're unfortunately down again today. Yeah, indeed. And it was kind of interesting because it did look like we were going to get out of that negative start that we had after the week lead from Wall Street because inflation came in cooler than expected. But then we've sold off in the latter part of the day's trade, really looking ahead to those global markets again. And I guess a lot of speculation about whether the Fed is going to move as fast as many had predicted. And then, of course, the the Bitcoin story you've been following very closely as well. Yeah, just before I get to that, I Obviously, yeah, inflation been the key because we did have that cool and expected print of uh, the monthly print for November locally. But as you say, uh, US markets very much looking ahead to that inflation read they're going to get and how that's going to influence the Fed going forward with expectation perhaps that we won't see a rate cut as soon as March, which markets had been pricing in. But to Bitcoin, as you say, mm. my goodness, um, when we came in this morning, it was, um, well, I think it lasted about two minutes, in fact, where the price... Uh, spiked and then uh, rapidly retraced that because uh, of an erroneous treat, uh, tweet, I should say, from uh, Gary Gensler's uh, account, account. At, uh, at the SEC. Because we are waiting the SEC decision on uh, the approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF. And uh, well, we thought we had that, but no, uh, because it's actually due on January 10th, but that's US time. Mm. So you would expect we will get some official decision uh, early or late tonight or early tomorrow morning. Yeah, it was actually just as I walked in the office and and you and Leah, our executive producer, were saying, has it happened, has it not? And it was so interesting because it reminded me of that erroneous tweet that came from the White House probably about 10 years ago that President Obama had been uh, injured as well and you saw markets sort of take off there. But the SEC came out later in the day saying, look, the only place you should get information from the SEC is from the SEC itself. And similarly, I guess, with the RBA, We've got to wait to see whether or not they're going to make a move in February. We've got a lot of people expecting that maybe they won't now because inflation came in cooler than expected. Um, but we're still going to the hairdresser, Andrew. Hairdressing costs up 6.3% in November. Yeah, I haven't been for a while. Actually, yeah, letting it grow at the moment. <laughs> Might have to rely more on that clipper at home to mm. do the job, but you don't have the luxury, I guess. No. Uh, yeah, we are seeing, obviously, inflation remains a problem. In fact, that was reiterated by the Treasurer today. 
because households are still filling it, aren't they? And obviously, politically, that's an issue for the government. Absolutely. Another story we're watching today in our three themes, you can see there on the screen, was what's happening with uranium. Um, let's just have a look at some of those uranium players as well in the market, because we did start to see them rally despite the fact that there was quite a bit of weakness in some of the other sectors. And this is really on the back of the fact that the US uh, Department of Energy has moved in and, and indicated that it uh, is trying to move away, I guess, from from sort of supplying uh, from Russia too much? Well, it's trying to shore up its own domestic supply, and that's sort of pushing these uh, uranium uh, producers uh, up globally at the moment, as you say, because you've got that shortfall from Russia, given uh, those sanctions that are in place. And also that many of these nations are now ramping up nuclear energy again. Mm. Well, aside from Australia, we're not going to see that here, are we? No, well... Not indeed, That's according the to the government. That we're so, yeah, but... the biggest producer, but we don't use the stuff. <laughs> but we certainly saw a lot of momentum from those uranium stocks. Pallet and Boss, uh, both up at one point, more than 10%. Boss up by almost 9%. Deep Yellow Peninsula Energy, Toro Energy. Let's have a look at the miners, though, because you've seen iron ore futures in Singapore down for a fifth session, finally taking some of that froth, I guess, off the, the likes of Fortescue, which had been trading at records and Rio as well. Uh, BHP closing down about 2% today. Yeah, also those lithium miners is continuing to come under pressure um, and uh, IGO, uh, mineral resources. In fact, mineral resources taking a stake in a, in a prospective uh, lithium stock that debuted uh, on Monday and it's taken a bit of a hit as well. But um, yeah, I mean, we saw that lithium price fall so substantially in 2023. Is there any sign of recovery? Well, that's yet to appear. And healthcare stocks as well, uh, a little bit uh, better in you know what was a down day as you often do see. Cochlear, ResMed, CSL, all high. Now you mentioned, of course, some of those top stories um, that we were looking at. So let's have a look at those. Shares in Illumina surging. This is after the company revealed plans yesterday to halt Illumina production at its Western Australia Quinana plant. That's with its joint venture Alcoa, up another 17% today. Mm, doing well. Uh, now, as I mentioned, there, Minris. Uh, did buy a 9.97% stake in Carly Metals, which listed on Monday. Uh, that sort of at 25, uh, 75%, I should say. Uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, we've seen Minres come back substantially as a result. Um, and Neo Metals there as well, jumping to by 23% after the company revealed a $30 million order from the luxury car manufacturer Mercedes-Benz. I'm not sure what's behind that jump in auto, 45%. No, well, that was Carly. That um, was Carly. Yeah. But it comes up as auto on us. Yes. Well, it hasn't quite caught up, has it, given it only debuted <laughs> on Monday? <laughs> All right. We'll get our little graphics fairies to fix that for us. But in the meantime, let's welcome to the COB Rocco Panzerino from Macro Capital for the first time of 2024. Happy New Year. We're still allowed to say that 10 days we in, are. I think. Happy New Year. Um, Rocco, your thoughts, I guess, on, on the market action we've seen so far in January? Yeah, I think it was um, a, a pretty good year. It ended quite well, uh, 2023, and, and quite an interesting one at that as well. We had an extremely strong start and an extremely strong finish uh, with a lot of volatility in between. Um, we've had the main drivers of our market throughout that year, um, obviously inflation, uh, interest rates and bond yields. Um, and if we take a look back at, at some of the best performing sectors uh, during that period of time, it's quite interesting to see what actually performed uh, in the wake of of those interest rate hikes, uh, geopolitical tensions and the economic environment as well. Um, tech, uh, stellar year, 27% up um, for the index. 
thanks to the likes of uh, Zero and Megaport uh, reporting gains of over 50%. Um, also consumer discretionary, um, up 13%. And I was just thinking back to a little bit earlier in that year and um, we we're talking of recession and these sorts of things occurring and we wouldn't expect these two sectors to have performed quite so well. Uh, but I think it's testament to the economies both in the US and Australia on how well they've recovered um, and, they, and they tolerated these interest rate hikes. Um, the XJO ended up finishing up about 5.5%. Uh, and then on the flip side, we did have energy uh, quite disappointing as well with the worst performer losses between 1% to 2%. A lot of this was attributable to the underlying uh, commodity prices. Uh, we had coal down about 65%, um, oil down about 5 natural gas down 40 um, which definitely flowed through on, onto these sorts of companies. Um, a lot of companies also during that period flagged higher energy transition costs. Um, whereas when you look at the likes of say an Ampol or a Viva Energy, uh, we've got Viva trading at about all time highs at the moment um, and Ampol very close to that. Mm. Uh, so there are certain companies within the sector that did benefit, um, but as a whole, uh, definitely suffering from those uh, underlying commodity prices. So when you take a look at the, uh, the year ahead then, and you mentioned the consumer discretionary last year, which uh, surprised perhaps to the upside. What do you see as the potential for, certainly we see an economic slowdown, maybe, well, some talking about a possibility of recession. How do you look at a sector like that, for instance? Yeah, look, I think consumer discretionary um, could have a good year this year. Again, it could flow through. Um, we had a, a lot of people flock, flocking to the shops over the Christmas period mm. and boxing period I saw. It was um, it was quite busy and I'm expecting them to actually report quite well come February. Um, so I think it could well and truly flow through to 2024. And I guess it's also important to look at, at what we've got for the year ahead um, and what we have popping up. Um, firstly, uh, the CMF, CME FedWatch tool at the moment uh, is forecasting about six rate cuts over in the US uh, by the end of the year. So 55% chance of that happening, um, which as we know, will, will be great for equity markets, uh, will be great for uh, the economy and uh, consumer spending as well, uh, which is attributable to that. Um, we've also got domestically a very, very different situation, uh, which we need to take note of. Um, at the moment, our forecasted cash rate by the end of the year domestically is 3.85%, um, so only 50 basis points lower. Um, very, very different situations, um, but as markets are forward-looking, uh, it could um, flow through and, and also um, we start earlier here domestically in Australia as well. Um, as bond yields ease and investors await these cuts towards the back end of the year, um, we also have to keep in mind the presidential election um, which typically doesn't have a huge effect um, on the index, although it definitely affects certain sectors. Um, traditionally, we've got healthcare, um, energy and infrastructure being watched quite closely during these periods. Um, our healthcare giant CSL does most of their business over in the US. Mm. Um, so it's definitely something to keep a watch out for leading up to the election. Uh, and infrastructure as well, we have companies like James Hardy um, dual listed, um, which will definitely have an effect on this election. I know you're looking at some of the um, property stocks as well in the sector. I mean, we saw 8.1%, I think, growth according to CoreLogic for 2023 in terms of home dwelling values. Why do you like Stockland and Centre Group? Look, I think that it's a good time to just start looking at REITs in general. Um, if you take a look at uh, the largest one being Goodman Group, 
it had an also a stellar year rising about 36%. Um, so I think it's, it's a good time as markets are forward looking, um, as we mentioned earlier, to start to incorporate some of these REITs in the portfolio. Uh, it could be an opportunity to get an allocation into something like a center group or uh, Stocklands um, who haven't performed as well as say a Goodman group. Uh, both these companies yield uh, over 5%. Uh, they're in a lot of debt. Um, Centre Group at the moment, I believe, is in about $11 billion worth of debt um, and Stockland about four. Um, so as interest rates start to ease at the end of the year, that will definitely help uh, their balance sheet. Uh, but as I said, as markets are forward looking, could be an opportunity to get an allocation on to one of these now. That's a bit of a longer term story, though. But you're expecting interest rates to remain where they are then. And obviously that elevated cost of debt, which is obviously going to be a bit of a drag continuing for them. Yes, definitely. Um, as I said, the Interest rates are likely not to be cut towards the end of the year, um, October, November, December, more domestically. Mm. Um, but moving forward, you know, markets will start to price these cuts in uh, and these stocks should start to see gains earlier than the anticipated cuts. All right, Rocco, we thank you as always. Rocco Panzerino from Macro Capital. All right, Andrew, let's have a look at the market leaders and laggards of the day, starting with the leaders. Alumina, we touched on earlier, um, up 17%. And, and then, of course, going through into that uranium story we talked about as well. A few, couple of uh, the pharmaceutical stocks looking good too. Taking a look at the laggards then. And uh, well, as I mentioned there, IGO MinRes uh, among the worst performers um, and also uh, some of those lithium producers as well uh, with a, yes, a, a poor day across the board, in fact, for the miners, it must be said. All right. At the small end of town, looking at some of the leaders there. There we go. Uh, 29 Metals Limited up by 25%. Neo Metals, we, I'm not sure if we touched on, but I know that that was about the $30 million yeah, deal, that with deal with Mercedes. Yeah, that's yeah. right, uh, to, to supply for them. So up 23% and uh, then a couple of, well, of course, uranium stocks still in focus there. All right, and uh, on the negative side of the ledger, once again, those uh, lithium stocks, uh, some of them appearing uh, along with uh, Step we need Danny here, step one. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what they do? That's underwear, isn't it? Bamboo underwear. Danny, yeah. Danny loves talking Every a bit of step one. Every time I think of that, I think, oh, that, that sounds really uncomfortable. <laughs> I have bamboo sheets. They are right. so soft, so soft. I mean, I haven't tried bamboo underwear, but Fair enough. going by the I'll sheets, I, I would say Danny's on a win. All right, <laughs> let's get to the stock of the day, Mineral Resources. Who did you speak to? Yeah, I caught up with uh, Kevin uh, Robinson from Team Invest and Andrew Violent from DP Wealth Advisory, who gave us their verdict on mineral resources. It is likely, I think, that uh, lithium prices will come down uh, over the long term because more people will produce it. Um, and ultimately, the demand will hit a, a level, a plateau, even though it's expanding really well. Um, Chris Ellison has in the past certainly been very good at taking advantage of all the advantages and been entrepreneurial in developing uh, initiatives to drive down the costs of his production. So, so far, I'm confident that he knows what he's doing uh, until, you know, we see otherwise. But yes, I have a lot of trust in him. 
even though I don't mind the business and certainly that exposure to iron ore, it generates about $2 billion uh, a year from iron ore. And that's certainly not unhelpful considering where the iron ore price is at the moment. Uh, that exposure to lithium, I think, is probably hurting them a little bit. And uh, from that short interest point of view, that's not helpful either. So on balance, it's a hold. It's a great business. Uh, but I just think there's some fundamentals at play that you just need to be a wee bit cautious. Yeah, great business, but um, it's a hold from both on mineral resources. All right, Julia, let's uh, take a look at what we can expect overnight. Indeed, the New York Fed President John Williams will be speaking, so a bit of indication then again as to what the Fed is thinking. Why are we going to see that much cut? Also, mortgage applications, wholesale inventories data and the KB home releases earnings. All right, locally tomorrow, let's uh, check it out, see what we can expect. Uh, the trade balance for November across the ditch there, New Zealand building permits also from November. All right, but it was a negative day on the market. So we were down, then when we're up Tuesday, we're down again, off by about seven tenths of 1%, I think. Let's just have a look at where we finished and uh, particularly where the ASX 200 is finishing as well. I think down seven tenths of 1% as well, 7,468 with uh, most sectors, well, sectors a bit mixed actually, seven of the 11 lower healthcare, the best performing. All right, so uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. And of course, we should also mention we should have that definitive decision from the oh, SEC yes. in regards to the Bitcoin ETF. So and let's see if that transpires. I'm going to take a stab that they won't announce it on oh. X, that maybe no, they'll just announce it officially on their own, on their own platform. Perhaps. So go to the, the SEC, old way, the, the old way. way. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. See ya.